welcome to Reading the Bible Together podcast. If you're following along with us in the study guide, we're going to do the Greek word first, and then we'll get into our conversation for today's chapter. All right, Acts chapter 23, Adelphos is the word we encounter today, 57 times in Acts, 343 times in the New Testament. It means brother, and lots of brothering going on in the New Testament. This is the, uh, this is the way that uh, Jewish folks, but also people in the early church talk to each other. They call each other brother and sister because there's kind of this familial relationship, right? Uh, it's not just our families, our, our genetic legal families uh, anymore. Now we have a family that is the church, this community of the early church. And so we're going to see Paul as he stands up to preach. He's going to you know, say, brothers, uh, listen to me. That's going to be his introductory formula. So Adelphos is the word today. It means brother. It's a really good word. It just gives us a, a, a glimpse into that community of the early church and how uh, people really did treat each other like brothers and sisters. Uh, that love was a familial kind of love uh, that was generous, that shared, that was diverse. It was, it was loving across differences. These people aren't, weren't all exactly like one another. Uh, they wouldn't have been friends otherwise, but the Holy Spirit is doing a new thing and that challenge to love across difference, to call the person different from you, your brother. Uh, we saw that happening. We see that happening in a major way. So Adelphos, brother, great Greek word here in chapter 23. Welcome to Reading the Bible Together podcast. I'm your host, Angela Smith. Today we are talking about Acts chapter 23, and I am delighted to welcome today lead pastor of Aspen Covenant and professor of Old and New Testament at a neighboring university, Misty Anderson. Welcome, Misty. Well, thank you very much. It's so good to be here. I'm so glad to have you. I'm excited. And we were just having a great conversation beforehand, so I'm excited to see where this conversation leads us. Yeah, thank you for having me here today. Okay, so we're talking about Acts chapter 23. What sticks out to you about this chapter? Yeah, there are several things, and actually one just came to mind as I was listening to the definition of the word Adelphos and how it was something that was a common greeting for brothers. And here Paul is using it to address the high council, and and these are definitely people who have differences against him, and still he is addressing them as brothers and trying to build that relationship before he goes to defend himself. That was really fascinating. Yeah, and so who we see him in front of are the Sadducees and the Pharisees, and he was a Pharisee, was a Pharisee. beforehand. Mm-hmm. And the high priest is there, and it's interesting to me to compare this trial or maybe even mock trial, we would say, uh, compared to the trial of Jesus. So here's Jesus uh, decades before this on trial in front of the high priest. And now we have Paul in a similar version being accused of something that isn't actually a crime. And again, in front of the high priest. And then there's these similarities, but also these differences where Jesus stood silent before his accusers. And and Paul is actually called to be a witness with his words. And so that is, he knows that that is his role here. It is using his words to defend his position as a follower of Jesus. And how do we see him do that? Well, he does this... Uh, claiming that I am this faithful person. I haven't sinned against God, which that's part of what they're accusing him of here and uh, helping them to understand the scriptures and helping them to see that this is the, the Messiah that they were promised, this person that they've been waiting for. And it's also really fascinating to me that 
He uses the divide between the Sadducees and the Pharisees, the Sadducees who do not believe in the resurrection of the dead versus the Pharisees who do. And he knows this and he uses this to maybe highlight the division between the two of them and kind of distracts them from mm-hmm. what the trial is <laughs> at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And if you're following along in the study guide and, you know, Sadducees, Pharisees, high priest, I know that that can all get a little bit confusing. In the back of the study guide, there's a going deeper section and it'll explain a little bit more about Jewish rules so you can kind of get a grasp on what they, those are. If you haven't gotten the study guide yet, you can go to MyFaithRadio.com and search for Reading the Bible Together and find the Acts study guide there. But I think that's really helpful. And the reason that's in the study guide is because as even as I was going through it, I was like, okay, so who are these people? Yeah. And so I'm glad that you kind of told us a little bit about the difference between the Sadducees and the Pharisees. And that is interesting how we see Paul kind of pitting them as a distraction against each other. And it's also something for us to keep in mind that these, both of these groups, they are committed followers of Yahweh, of God, and yet they have these sharp differences over this this one belief. And I would guess that there were other things that they disagreed on, but they're still committed followers of God and still can find themselves divided, right? They mm-hmm. they're, they come together on on who God is and how God loves them and and can still have differences here and then can still find ways to work together. That makes me think of what Dr. Fox was saying at the beginning with the word Adelphos, Mm -hmm. that all these people who wouldn't necessarily have known each other or been in relationship with each other, that being a Christian, that following Christ was the common. Right. And that's why they became brothers and sisters. And that just feels like such a stark difference from where we find ourselves today, where that's not the... That's not where we're finding common ground. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's something to consider within the context of church. Mm-hmm. What are the doctrines that you're going to hold to? What are the pieces of religion that you're going to hold on to that feel necessary to you? And are they going to become more important than the relationship, the relationship that you have with Jesus and the relationship that you have with others? And certainly this group of people found commonalities that were important enough to keep them tied together. And in that, still had some arguments, still had some disagreements. Clearly, this became a hot enough disagreement that they had to disband the trial for the day. But can we have our differences and still find ways to talk about them? Mm. That's the hot button. I mean, that's the question of the day. (laughs) Yes, yes. So you are a church planter, and how do you... Fine, which I think is really interesting, and I really I want to talk about you being a church planter and reading the Book of Acts, and which was the beginning of the church. Yeah. How and and then you know what we have going on and finding finding common ground within the biblical narrative. We just talk about that. I don't know if I have a question, but <laughs> what yeah. has that been like for you yes. as a church planter? Yes. Yeah, so the the original group that we planted with the group of people. They, uh, we all came out of the same, actually the same physical church originally. Now we've added people to that. And so it was really this conversation of, we started with the book of Acts when we started considering what are our gatherings going to look like? What are the things that are important to us? And first and foremost, it's this utter dependence on the Holy Spirit. We see that starting in, I think even in Acts 2, 
is when we start to see the power of the Holy Spirit coming on the people. And it is a game changer. Mm -hmm. And so what does that mean for us? Maybe coming out of a context where we certainly acknowledge the Holy Spirit. uh, And now what does that look like to live more fully into that, to pay closer attention to the promptings, to how God is speaking to us through the Holy Spirit. And then to see the unity of the first church and in the face of adversity, uh, in the face of some of the people who were joining with them were choosing to behave not well, mm-hmm. you know, choosing to behave poorly and, and dealing with that conflict and still the focus is Jesus mm-hmm. and coming back to that. Now, we are part of a denomination, and so there are some doctrinal beliefs that we are professing also. And yet above those, what does that look like for us as a church? How do we love each other well? And what we saw or what we see in the book of Acts is they loved the Jesus followers really well, and they took care of people. So when we first even started thinking about this idea of church planting, we knew in our heart of hearts that it had to do with being a part of our community. We've seen this model in a couple of the other churches that we're associated with. How do you really love your neighbors well, whether they're going to be part of your church or not, but how do you show them the love of Jesus? And it's really tangible things like feeding people mm-hmm. and gathering together. And and we've had to figure out new ways of doing that because there have been restrictions on gathering. And so it's been meeting in parks and being part of community events and handing out candy at a, a fall walk in October. And so there have been all these really cool ways that we believe the Holy Spirit is asking us to partner with our community to show the love of Jesus, whether people know who Jesus is or not. That's beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. And I think that just makes so much sense that you started in Acts too, because as we've been going through all the chapters, that's what I've been seeing is the Holy Spirit's moving and it's like the disciples and the apostles are just hanging on Mm -hmm. and trying to follow where the Holy Spirit is leading. And there's such a posture of leaning toward the gospel, that it's about the gospel. It's about professing the gospel. About It's about telling people about Jesus. And it's not about the person. It's not about me personally. Where we see Paul on trial, we see others on trial where they're presenting the gospel. They're telling, and I think it's interesting that they use Jewish scriptures right. to explain who Jesus is. So see this Messiah that I see, he did have to suffer. He's quoting, the, quoting them and, and proving that Jesus is the Messiah using Jewish scripture right. and and standing and making a proclamation even when it was it might cause bodily harm even when it might cause death to them mm-hmm. or even the the way that they would go into a town and present the gospel and if they didn't receive it then they would brush the dust off and they'd move right. to the next town because it wasn't about them the people didn't receive God it wasn't about you know, like if it had been me, it wasn't about Angela. It was about you're not going to receive God. It's not about me. I'm going to brush it off. I'm right. going to go. I'm going to go do the thing that God has set in front of me. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I think that there's this really sweet moment here. Uh, it's in verse 11 where there's it's Jesus coming to Paul to encourage him to to really. It feels like to me like I'm acknowledging that this is really hard. That you are in pain. That you are hurting, and yet you are so true to your call. It's almost this well done, good and faithful servant moment. Mm-hmm. And 
still there's this encouragement because it's like Jesus saying, I have more for you to do. And Paul is so, so true to his identity. He knows who he is. He knows the purpose that he was called for. I think that too is another reflection that we see in Jesus and everything that he did, everything that he eventually accomplished first came from this. He knew that he is the son of God. And God gives him the same affirmation of you are my son and I'm well pleased. And and here we have Jesus giving this affirmation to Paul and Paul knows who he is. And that's what gives him the courage to go forward into into really difficult circumstances Mm -hmm. that would eventually cost him his life. Mm -hmm. And we see this even with Paul saying that I'm going to I know what awaits me in Jerusalem, but it's time for me to go. And even when others were saying you know, don't go to Jerusalem. He knew that's what he was supposed to do. And so, so he did. Yeah. He did what was in front of him. Yeah. I can't even imagine that. I can't even imagine knowing that you're walking towards your death. And, and, and I guess for him, it ended up being years of imprisonment before that. But, uh, to have walked away from this life as a Pharisee, which he was highly respected, uh, I would guess that there was some physical wealth that came with that too. And and he has really given up all of those things to give this life of his to Jesus and so committed to the mission that was before him. That is just really astounding, especially in in this culture where that's really opposite of how we generally live our lives here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else from chapter 23 that you want to make sure we talk about? The one other thing that I would say is when... You get into chapter or into verse 12, there is this group of people who say that they are not going to eat anything until they've killed Paul. And it's really interesting to me because it's this fasting, which is a a religious thing that they would do. But instead of fasting to seek God's will, they've already determined the will and now that they're going to fast for that and that's really fascinating and it's something for us to consider as we participate in different spiritual disciplines what is the intent of our time of our fasting of our prayer are we seeking the will of God or do we have our minds made up and we're asking him to agree with us that's really good <laughs> and really <laughs> convicting because there have been plenty of times where I've been like okay no Lord no what, what? Mm-hmm. This is my plan. Mm-hmm. Just just bless it and let's go with this one. Like I've got it all set. And he's like, no, no, I've got a different plan. Yes. I yeah. looked back, back at my prayer journal and I was like, okay, God, so this is my timeline. This is what I would like you to do in it. And it was kind of like jokes on you, Misty. Yeah. This is not this is not how this is going to work, but it's going to be so much better if you can just stick with me in this. Yep. And sometimes it's so much harder. So much. And better. Yeah. Together. Yeah. Thank you so much, Misty, for coming in and doing this. This was my pleasure. Thank you again for having me. Thank you for joining us for Acts chapter 23. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any episodes. And we'll see you next time for Acts 24. The Reading the Bible Together podcast is a production of Faith Radio and Northwestern Media. Hosted, produced, and edited by Angela Smith. If you've enjoyed this podcast and want to hear more, consider financially supporting Faith Radio. Find more information at MyFaithRadio.com.